0: From around the world, this is the Mutual Audio Network.
1: The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult.
2: Good morning, survivors! It's Todd Rage here with a special report on that signal flare that we all just saw off the old western fire tower. Now if you're listening, you either saw the flare and tuned in to see what's going on, or you're the one who shot the flare and is now sitting in the shelter with the radio I left. If you're in the fire tower, listen close. There's a two-way radio under the bunk in a small metal box. Open the box, turn on the radio. I'm trying to get my telescope hooked up here so I can broadcast and try and see you. Uh, There's a first aid kit and some other supplies in there for you also, if you need them. But please, use the two-way and turn it to the frequency posted inside the door. I got mine on, I'll wait. Uh, You folks at HG World should be able to see movement in the fire tower. I'm going to try and patch this through, so... Hello there! Hey, uh, will you turn the volume down on the AM radio? That's better. Welcome to the Todd Rage Show. Who is this? I... Hawkins, who, who is this? My name's Todd. Todd Rage. Listen, I'm I'm broadcasting on an AM band to other survivors in the area. Are you safe? I, um,
3: yeah. Not big on heights, but I'm not big on getting eaten either. So this is good. Wait, you're Todd Rage, the the guy on the radio? Yep. Wow, longtime listener, first time caller. I saw your spray painted billboard near some place called Pig's Ear. I've
2: been listening nights since I left Grant. What's your situation? You alone?
3: Well, I... I'm by myself, and...
2: You okay? Yeah, I just have to pee. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Listen, we'll break for a minute while I juice up the box and get this telescope here set up for, uh, after you're done, of course, and, uh, we'll see what we can do to help you.
3: 10 I guess. So, should I just go out the window or something?
2: Yeah, we're a mite informal down here in the Algonquin Valley. I suggest aiming downwind. So, as a golden tinted rainbow arches out over the valley, we'll break for just a minute and be right back with an exclusive interview with Hawk, Van Hawkins, living, breathing survivor, here on WRAG Rage Radio for the New Age.
3: and bottled water. Man, I haven't eaten in, Ooh, I can't remember. Where are you from, Hawk? Originally, Yonkers. Were you there for the outbreak? Can I just pause for a moment to point out just how weird
2: this is? I mean, where are you? <laughs> I'm uh, on top of the mountain to the east, near that transmission tower.
3: Oh, hi. I'm waving. Can you see me?
2: Oh yeah, there you are. Looked like you held up pretty good. Certainly didn't go hungry out there.
3: Well, Koshyakis didn't make it very far. Man, I gotta be listening. Why is that? I didn't think I'd be interviewed on the radio from a treehouse in the middle of nowhere.
2: Yeah, you were in Scranton, you said. I heard that town was raised by the military. Well, I guess it got lowered again. Uh, no, I mean raised as in, you know, leveled.
3: Yeah, well, yeah, you're pretty much right about that. It's just a wreck. There are pocket camps in the hills here and there, but it's mainly monsters. Just
2: lots of monsters. Well, we're glad you made it through, man.
3: Oh, thanks. So, what do I do now?
2: <laughs> you know, when I set up the shelters over the winter, I didn't really think about the following spring. But don't worry, we got options. You got a good place to hang out for a day or two until we figure something out. But I can promise you we can get you to a better place. You heard me talk about HG World, right? Well, it's about... 4.5 clicks northeast of your position. You can probably see him better than I can. Uh, yeah. A bunch of lens
3: flares from the roof of a big warehouse, like people flashing the sun off mirrors or maybe metal plates. Uh, hi, guys. Maybe this is important, and maybe you already know this, but the valley to the west, around about where 66 6 meets 322, it's clogged with zombies. I climbed the mountain to avoid it, but about twenty of them managed to get up the utility boat, and now they're one below me. Well, originally they were about fifty, but I just gave them something to shower, and that just kind of made them fight the scent off each other.
2: Really? Putting your scent on them made them kill each other?
3: Oh, yes, especially now since food is scarce. They track my scent more than anything else, and when you drop waste to them, they think the meat is fresh. And before they realize it, they've torn the zombie apart. I can't tell you how many times that saved our lives on the road.
2: Imagine that! Savior of mankind might be a great big potty gun. Food for thought, anyhow, so to speak. Anyhow, uh, you said clogged by zombies. What'd you mean by that?
3: I mean, the highway from the northwest looked like Beaver Stadium after the blue and white game. Thousands of people staggering around trying to find their way through the traffic and the town. I didn't really see how big it was until I was halfway up the
2: mountain, but, man. And you say that about 50 managed to follow you up the mountain?
3: Yeah, there were a lot of them with the access road once they catch us into your man-funk, they can track you for miles.
2: <sighs> damn. Alright, look, I'm gonna kill the AM feed to say some juice, but I'd like to keep talking to you some more if you don't mind.
3: Hey, man. I've been solo for the last four months. I seriously doubt anybody else made it this far.
2: Well, you're a strong second, but we'll get to that eventually. Okay, folks, look, I'm going to be calling in some favors, looks like. If you got any ideas how we can get our new neighbor, Mr. Van Hawkins, in from the wild, send us a note on the Coconut Telegraph, and we'll ponder it over. Hey, Hawk, you got any music on you? Sure. I've got my player. What's on it? I don't know.
3: Some jazz, some smooth sounds. Got any credence? CCR? No. I don't think I have any CCR. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, try this one on for size. In honor of our new friend Hawk, here's John Fogarty, once of Creedence Clearwater Revival, telling you all about the old man down the road.
0: Now, I'd like for the two of you to reflect on our conversation for a while. We'll be back, probably with some bland and unappetizing food.
4: Well, no, that didn't go so good.
5: Are you sure they're both gone? I still can't see.
4: Yeah, it's just you and me and the smell of still pee. How are you holding up?
5: Arms are numb. I mean, we can't really go anywhere, can we?
4: No, no, we can't. But you and I need to have a very serious conversation right now, Kara. These guys are running a standard playbook interrogation. They aren't random workers. There.
5: Feds, probably Homeland Security.
4: Yes, at least that's how they were trained. They've already made up their minds on what to do with us. They're waiting and letting us stress a while. When they come back, they'll probably expect you to want to go to the bathroom. When you leave, you won't come back here. What? You'll go somewhere else for more intense interrogation. While you're out, they'll start working on me.
5: Are you telling me this to scare me?
4: No, I'm telling you this to prepare you. Their main weapon is fear. I don't believe these people want to hurt us. I don't get that vibe. They just want to scare the hell out of us.
5: They're doing a great job.
4: Did they hit you, hurt you, molest you in any way other than to subdue you?
5: No. Other than you accidentally grabbing my boob and a twisted arm, I'm fine. You said they'd made a decision already. What's their decision?
4: Well, short-term, they know we're just two people in the wrong place at the wrong time. They probably know you're a journalist, but you have no juice here. You're like a soldier without a rifle. Curious, Kara, that's about it. If they'd beaten us around a little bit, then I'd be worried.
5: You want to know what I think? Go for it. I think this is the underground. I think this is part of that whole big black market I keep hearing about. It's part of how they keep finding fresh eggs and supplies. How people get booze and drugs and all that, even though management says there's none of that here. I think you're overplaying who these people are. You've never even been to Afghanistan, have you?
4: What? What are you talking about?
5: I didn't see anything in the bright room. These are just a bunch of thugs. They hid their faces so we wouldn't recognize them up top. That room was probably just a storeroom full of cigarettes, vodka, and porn magazines. I'll bet you my local Emmy award.
4: I see. What's your plan?
5: Everything's for sale on the market, right? I know where there's a sweet, slightly used helicopter out there in the woods. I know where this big mountain man lives and keeps all sorts of stuff in his cabin. Fuel, food, weapons. I don't need to know or want to know who these thugs are.
4: Huh. Yeah, you know, Carash, I do sometimes tend to overthink things a bit.
5: Yeah, yeah you do. Like HG World's gonna have some special black ops camp working in the basement. You should have a tinfoil hat to go with your piddle pants.
4: Hey, there's no need to be a dick about it.
5: Hey, Paul McCartney, I want to talk to you. Come here a second, would ya?
4: This is not the plan.
5: Not yours, Buttercup. You called, Ms. Hash? Yeah. Come on in here. I want to run something by you.
6: Oh, this should be interesting. Do
0: go on.
1: Hello, is that Barbara? Hello. I'm sorry to disturb you. Jenny Joe sent me out. Her name's Regina.
7: Yes, I, I remember. Hello. I, I see you have a red name tag. Please come in. Are you here to give me some work assignment? No, no. The
1: community sends me around to check on folks. I'm sort of the camp counselor slash peppy morale officer.
7: Oh, I see. I'm sorry. Uh, please sit down. I think I should be offering you some tea, but as you can see, there's not much of a kitchen.
1: Please, I'm fine. It looks like they rolled out the red carpet for you, single shack with electric, even some amenities. Oh, that's nice. A heater. You have to go downtown to find one of those these days. Oh, uh,
7: it's mine. Uh, That's in the sleeping bag came with me from out there. So you are a sort of a camp counselor, are you? Or a listening
1: ear. How are you feeling, Barbara?
7: What's the word, uh, antsy? Everyone here is so relaxed. I feel like I should be ready to leave here at any moment. That's expected. The first few
1: weeks are all rehab. Rehab? Everyone here, myself included, had to get through the grieving process and come to terms with the reality of our new situation, just as you did. What is our current situation? I'm still a little fuzzy on that. We're a community of friends and family. We've made a new life for ourselves. In the middle of a lumber yard? I'll admit, for some folks it was tough. We had a few addicts, some drugs and alcohol, but mostly cigarettes, caffeine and some junk food junkies who became really annoying for a time when the supplies ran out. Everybody had to rehabilitate. So, let's take a look at your file. You have a file on me? According to Jack, you said you lost 10 friends on the road. That must have been so hard for you. Yes, harder on them, but yes. Right, so you still feel hunted. I like to think it's like having your home broken into. A lot of people don't easily relax after that, even when the locks are changed and there's a security system in place. They have to check out every sound, make sure the doors are locked at night. Several times, it's about working on ways to let one's guard down again. But I don't want to put my guard down. Barbara, you're thinking in the emergency. We're beyond it. Eventually, the eaters will rot, and we'll be able to start taking back our valley.
7: (laughs) I'm sorry. It's just that you haven't been out there. You don't know how widespread this is. The loss, the destruction.
1: What was it like out there, really?
7: Dead? My friend Samuel thought that this is what the world sounded like at the beginning. Without all the talk or laughter or screams of people on their machines, all the sounds of life generating a trillion micro-vibrations in the atmosphere around the world are silent because the world is dead and we feel like beetles feeding off its dead carcass. Yes, well,
1: this is why it's so vitally important we keep the fires burning here in this village. The
7: fire's out, Regina. This place is just the smallest amber left dying on the wick.
1: Then what's the point of running? We can't ask the older folks to go out there, certainly not the children. Look, you're so used to running and hiding and staying on guard, your mind and body is reluctant to adjust. That's normal, but it will destroy you if you can't let it go. Allow yourself the time to heal and adjust. I understand they have you working the new field. That will help. Raising food is relaxing and rewarding, and I think you'll be surprised how many people love it here. You'll realize after a while that some things can still have permanence. I almost forgot. This bag is for you. I guessed at your sizes, but there are two fresh sets of clothes in there. You'll probably want to shower first, though. I can't imagine you had a chance to do that much out in the field. This is
7: why God gave us rain, but a shower. A warm shower. Lovely. Thank you. These should do nicely. We'll talk again, Barbara. Thank you for seeing me.
8: Barbara?
1: Yes? This Samuel,
7: were the two of you close? Samuel was a professor of philosophy at the university. Very young, very sweet, but completely useless with anything but books. What happened to me? He left the group to find food one night without telling anybody. He took an empty sack with him. We found him next morning outside. Part of him at the curb near our shelter door and the other part 50 feet away. We never even heard a scream.
1: I'm sorry, but I'm so glad you escaped that fate and found us. Thank you for all this.
7: Burger, all this.
9: Yes.
10: Hello, Jack.
9: What can I do you for, Ruby?
10: Are you busy? I can come back.
9: No, I can multitask. What do you want?
10: I hear we have two missing citizens.
9: Under control.
10: Oh, so you know who they are?
9: Yeah, because as I said, it's under control.
10: I should have known you'd be on top of it, Jack. Should I ask, or... Don't
9: wrench your brain thinking about it, Ruby. How is little Miss Barbara doing out there?
10: We sent Regina to check on her.
9: She's been snooping. Spring brings strange things, Ruby.
10: Spring is a time of renewal and rebirth.
9: Uh Uh-huh. Just keep Barbara on the path. I don't think it's coincidence that she shows up here and the next day someone sets off a flare in the fire tower.
10: What do you think is happening?
9: I think she's the advanced scout for the militia.
10: Ooh, that would be delicious. But how can you be sure?
9: I'll find out tonight.
10: Tonight? How? I have my plans,
9: Ruby. I'll have to deal with David, too.
10: You look so tense, Jack.
9: No, I'm fine.
10: Anything I can do? (sighs) Hello there. You're actually looking at me.
9: Yeah. What did you just
10: ask me? Is there anything I can do to help you?
9: Do you own a pair of figure skates?
10: Uh, no. Hmm. Turn around. Gladly.
9: Hmm. You don't need to wiggle, Ruby. Just stand there a second. Yes.
10: Yes what? Just stand there, Ruby. Just stand. I can't see what you're doing, Jack. What was that?
9: This is how you can help me, Ruby. Turn around.
10: What are you talking about? Oh, my.
9: You seem scared
10: on the contrary it's christmas morning jack merry christmas
9: lock the door
10: (laughs) jack this is jack come back
9: jack the mayor needs you and ruby like now you there Jebediah, I hear you. Where? Conference room. They seem pissed. I will be there presently. Ruby,
10: get your shirt back on. What was that, Jack? Fuck! Oh, my! My little animal! Out! 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 Goodness, Jack! Oh, your hands! So big! Oh, I'm going, I'm going!
7: Hey,
11: Afternoon. What are you doing in here? Making sure you were safe. Lots of strange, curious fellows in this place want to investigate the pretty songbird in the neighborhood. Too bad you don't have a place for your pistol in there. Get out! Oh, sure. But before I go, I wanted to make sure you were going to play ball.
7: This is not the time nor place.
11: I'm really surprised you didn't hear me coming. I mean, you were like a cornered cat last time we chatted. I bet you knew I'd been standing out here. You take another step or open your filthy
7: mouth like
11: this again? Oh, kitten, relax. Besides, I'm on a tight schedule. I want you to know that I already have a need that you're uniquely qualified to provide for. You have an admirer in the stacks. He'd like to have dinner with you. Are you asking me to- Of course not. It's really classy and only up and up. I'm asking you to have dinner with the gentleman. What you do beyond that's your business.
7: Then let him ask me. Surely
11: he doesn't need you. What a hot little mouth. See. This gentleman's in a position to do something important for me and in turn the community. So it's decision time, Miss Barbara. Everybody got needs.
7: I don't care about your needs or you. Get the hell away from
11: me, you bastard. All right, all right, I'm going. But you think about it. Dinner's at eight. He lives in a nice little storage shed in Cherrywood, C 37. Get out! No! I'm out! I'm out! I'm I'm out! Ah! Unbelievable!
12: Did you hear about the flash?
7: What flash?
12: Jack radioed there was a signal flare seen over the western mountain.
1: No. Another survivor, you think?
12: That's what's on the radio.
1: Dad, did you meet the lady they brought in?
12: Yeah. Why?
1: Where'd she come from?
12: I don't know. Why?
11: Maybe there's more people out there from where she came from.
12: Could be, kiddo. Could be. I don't know how many more people we could fit into this place, though. It's a little claustrophobic as is.
1: Speaking of high living, can you talk to them about the plumbing? I think the guy upstairs is flushing out his garbage. It's starting to back up again.
12: Yeah, I'll radio in once I get to the office.
10: What's claustrophobic, mean?
12: Ask Miss Debbie at school.
10: No school today.
12: Really? Is it Saturday?
1: No, their teacher is sick, so I'll take him into the cafeteria with me this morning.
12: I got rooftop until three, then reports, but I'll be home for dinner. Harris? Yes, sir? You've got a bunch of idiots up on the roof waving signs and stuff at that guy on the radio. Get up there and clear them out. On it, boss. Gotta go.
1: Here. Take a couple of those energy bars. I'll try to bring home something from the cafeteria for dinner.
12: You're a doll, Ellen. (laughs) Love you. Love you too, monkey face boy.
6: Dad!
1: Hurry up with your oats, Zeke. We got to be at the cafeteria in half an hour.
13: Okay, Mom.
4: Ow. Oh! Oh! Oh!
5: I get the off my head. Oh. I'm not blind. I can see. Where are we?
4: Oh, give me a second. Oh, oh I. Heard Oh, oh, another gray hallway.
5: See, I was right. Follow this hallway to the end, open the door, and never come back. Easy enough. Uh Gave them too much credit. I mean, I know you were a prisoner and all, but not everyone is a master criminal, you know. Overthinking. Uh,
4: What did you win that Emmy for again?
5: Uh Walk to the end of the hall.
4: I'm curious where this goes to.
5: I bet it goes to the super secret Black Ops Command Center. Uh-huh. Well, I have to
4: say you did demonstrate some impressive social engineering back there.
5: Professionalism is the art of telling the Senator to take his hand off of your ass without losing the interview.
4: Uh-huh. Okay. Big door. Do you remember a big submarine door or the spinning wheel inside the store?
5: No, but I'm thinking there has to be a flight of stairs on the other side, because I think we're still in the basement. I think.
4: Okay. Hmm. Righty-tighty. Lefty-loosey. the sewer access. Nice. Ooh, that's bad.
5: Now where do we go? It's a T intersection. No lights.
4: Well, that's an easy fix.
5: You sure you want to throw that?
4: It's a power box car. It. It.
5: What is it? Oh. Uh,
4: Fuck sauce.
7: Pardon me?
12: Okay, folks, too many people up here. Unless you've got official business up here, head inside.
7: Sorry, just need to get through here.
12: That means you too, miss.
7: Looking for David? Constable David?
12: Uh, the second dollhouse on the left there. The one marked the swamp. All right, folks, keep it orderly. Down the stairs, please.
1: Thank you. Please!
6: Mm, hold on. <coughs> I a love of monkeys.
7: Good morning!
6: Not really. <sighs> Why would you wake me up mm, an hour after my 36-hour shift ended? Why are you staring at me?
7: You're not wearing any trousers.
6: If that bothers you, you can check back when I am i in about 10 to 12 hours.
7: David, would you please put some clothes on and let me in?
6: Working on it. don't suppose you'll just go away? <laughs> Jeans and a t-shirt okay.
7: Fine. Who lives in C-37?
6: C-37? That's Cherrywood. Uh, Manager Jack, I think.
7: Disgusting swine. Why? Nothing. Something I have to deal with. What are they doing with that man they arrested yesterday?
6: Who, Garrison? Jeez, Barbara, I'm not the only person with information in this place. You could ask the other constables.
7: I did. They keep saying it's none of my business?
6: And for once, I agree with them. Best stay clear of that newbie.
7: All he did was ask me questions. I asked them not to arrest him. Now I hear that they could be beating or torturing him?
6: (sighs) Far as I know, they might.
7: Why? What did he do? He doesn't exactly strike me as a murderer.
6: Barbara, that's exactly what he is. He tried to escape out a fire door one morning. He ran right into a mob of eaters. Two guards went outside to get him and keep them from getting in. One never came back in, and the other managed to get Garrison back inside, but he was infected. As far as the management is concerned, he's guilty of killing both of them.
7: But if he wanted to leave so badly, why did they work so hard to keep him here? Seems they made a choice to detain him at the cost of their own people.
6: (sighs) Look, what do you want from me, Barbara?
7: I just want to talk to him, make sure he's being treated humanly.
6: And you want me to walk you in there so you can have that conversation? Yes. And what's the plan if he says he isn't being treated humanely, which, given that he's locked in a padded closet without sunlight, much food, or human contact, is pretty darn likely?
7: I will petition to mayor to release him.
6: (laughs) Good luck with that, kiddo.
13: David, on your feet. The boss wants to see you, like now. Uh,
6: my radio must be broken. Hold your steroids, Jeb. I'll be right there. Well, I seem to be Mr. Popular today.
13: Grant says he saw the little Punjabi up here somewhere. Boss needs to see her too.
7: Good morning, constable.
13: Oh good, I don't have to hunt you down.
6: What does the boss want? Am I the boss? Thank the fates, no.
13: Why would the boss want to see you if he wanted me to tell you what he wanted?
6: Can you diagram that sentence?
13: Okay, wise guy. Let's go see the boss.
7: What is everybody doing up there? What are they doing with those metal
13: plates? Farked if I know. Takes very little to amuse these sheep. Nice.
0: I don't understand how you think there is anything
9: diabolical about this, Jack. Listen, we have that Todd Rage guy yapping about our location every day. Maybe there are just stray refugees out there, but it just seems a little strange that one day this tiny helpless girl shows up. We almost have to take her in like a stray kitten. Then within a day or so another one shows up. Pretty soon we'll be feeding the whole litter. But we cannot even establish they know each other. All I'm saying is that we be careful. That girl questions everything we tell her. Isn't the whole point of this place to provide sanctuary for survivors? If we let the wrong one in, we won't have a sanctuary. You've heard Todd Rage talk about pirates and militias. Maybe she's a scout. I understand your point, Jack.
0: The reality is that she is here. What steps do you think we should take? I think she needs some time in interrogation. Absolutely not! She's not a criminal except in your mind.
8: Her visit with Regina was a fascinating examination in denial psychophysics. Come again? She exhibits 14 of the 18 stress points typical of someone who's either paranoid or naturally suspicious of authority.
0: Well, of course she's suspicious of us. And who isn't paranoid these days? Particularly out on the road.
8: Her answers to Regina were very interesting. Particularly about consequences. She asked the consequences of defying your authority.
0: I'm still not sure what's strange about that.
8: She is clearly a brown with yellow highlights. Excuse me? Miriam Goldfarb's psychophysical studies, catalog personality types, and she is clearly a dominant, brown, supported by an inquisitive nature. That's the yellow highlight.
0: Why not say she's assertive and detailed-oriented?
9: Mr. Mayor, I'm not saying we let him stay out there. He claims to have skills we can use, and we can't afford not to let him in, but it's too good to be true.
8: From the sound of his voice he seems distracted. Perhaps he is hiding something. Or he's nervous about a deceit or... Or maybe he's been on the road for
0: months. He's hungry and startled by the slightest noise. I understand people in crisis situations often develop something called post-traumatic stress disorder. I'm sure your psychology background gives you some insight on that, Jenny
8: Joe. Well, Ruby had a Fascinating insight this morning. Share with the team what you shared with me, Ruby. Well, I don't want to draw any conclusions from
10: this, but...
9: Go ahead, Ruby. It makes perfect sense.
10: Well, I... It, it just seems odd that this young thing comes in here, and the first person she latches onto is that David Miller. She follows him around the facility, and before you know it, she's up on the roof with him watching the sunset. The first time she leaves his company, she gets involved in an altercation with Constable Jeb and that low-life Garrison.
9: And that's a whole other basket of fish. We never should have let Garrison out of his cage.
0: We're straying from the subject at hand.
9: Look, David knows all about our security. She struts up to him. She starts quoting lines from those books he's always reading. In that thick... In that exotic accent with those big brown eyes of hers, walking close to him up the stairs, showing off
10: that tight little gymnast body. (coughs) I mean... The point is, within 24 hours, she's seen with Garrison, David, and our local black marketeer. One or two, okay, but all three? I don't know. Ah, good morning,
13: Barbara, David, Jebediah. I found these two in Dave's love shack on the roof. You stay classy, Jebediah.
7: Mm. Mr. Mayor, I have a very important issue I would like to discuss with you. At your convenience, of course.
6: I'll be delighted, Barbara. Just after this meeting, if you don't mind. What brings us to your policial break room this fine mid-afternoon? contact has been made with another refugee. A man on the fire tower sent up a flare. You didn't see it? I was sleeping. See what happens when I decide to go to sleep? The whole world changes.
9: And we still have a small problem with the lights.
6: Are the two related or are you just being random?
0: How
7: can we help you?
0: The board has been discussing how to deal with these situations. The site manager reports that the crew at the power station is in In a way, holding us hostage. Either we provide them with supplies, or they will shut us
6: off from the grid. What about the great solar cell farm on the roof?
0: We're using them to supplement the gas-powered generators, but the winter storms did more
9: damage to them than we anticipated. Bottom line is, we need access to that plant. We need to get them on board with us, and we need to get them to coexist with us, peaceful-like.
6: So you think these brownouts are on purpose?
0: Partly. They do need some supplies to fix their machinery, but they are extorting medical supplies and other materials we need for our infrastructure development initiative. The failures at breakfast have caused us to resort to backup power. As we do that, we burn fossil fuel. We understand from our friend Todd Rage that the man in the fire tower claims to have advanced engineering experience. In fact... He was one of the consultants who oversaw the upgrade of the Algonquin Valley Dam in 1993.
7: What did he say his name was?
0: Interestingly enough, he also comes from State University and has been on the run for about as long as you have, Barbara. His name is Van Hawkins.
10: Burgerall. You know the man, Barbara?
9: See, they do know each other.
6: Why are you so shocked, Jack?
7: I haven't seen him in months. But it makes perfect sense he would come here. Who is he, Barbara? Todd is right. He holds a doctorate in environmental engineering. He could also fix any machine we could find and knew more about American television and movies than any man I have ever met. i also seen him break things in half over his knee.
8: He's a very large, powerful man. Mmm, sounds like a brown-black cross-hatched personality.
0: What? So you can vouch for him then, Barbara?
8: Let me be very clear here, Mr. Mayor. You do not
7: under any circumstances want to invite him inside these walls. It will be the end of all of this.
14: We live in accordance with our deep driving desire. It is this desire at the time of death that determines what our next life is to be. We will come back to Earth to work out the satisfaction of that desire. Well, that says a lot these days, doesn't it? But not for those who are free from desire. They are free because all their desires have found fulfillment in the self. They do not die like the others, but realizing Brahman, they merge in Brahman. there you're
5: right here
14: sir awesome let me get my things and I'll be right down so it is said when all the desires that surge in the heart are announced the mortal becomes immortal when all the knots that strangle the heart are loosened the mortal becomes immortal here in this very life thank you Todd thank you fire tower thank you Brahmin And away we go.
13: HG World Episode 3 He Got the Voices Speaking Riddles Featured Rena Sharma as Barbara Dustin Shanafelter as David Cheryl Malcolm as Ellen Frank Badeni as Greg John S. Drew as Hank Glenn Bartram as Harris Orenthal Hawkins as Hawk Ryan Smith as Hicks, Michael L. Stokes as Jack, DT Kelly as Jeb, M. Ciro Garcia as Jenny Joe. Martha Limbo-Terrar as Cara, Shane Harris as the Mayor, Peter Cavell as Paul, Cheryl Malcolm as Regina, Carol Stokes as Ruby, Keith R.A. DeCanado as Todd, and Ethan Stokes as Zeke. The episode was written by Jay Smith with line direction and production assistance by Jim Patton with assistance from Brian Lincoln. Edited, mixed and mastered by Michael L Stokes with Reaper featuring plugins from Stillwell audio and liquid sonics musical direction by Jay Smith and Michael L Stokes featuring music provided under the creative commons license by Jonathan Colton and Kevin McLeod. Please visit our website for more information on these artists and their music. HG World is a production of 3015 North Studios. For more information visit us on the web at www.goodmorningsurvivors.com There are many things that we can all do that may help stop the spread of the coronavirus. But one thing we can all do is to have a plan in case you do get sick. First, consult with your healthcare provider for more information about monitoring your health for symptoms suggestive of COVID-19. Second, stay in touch with others by phone or email. You may need to ask for help from friends, family, neighbors, community health workers or more if you become sick. And finally, determine who can care for you if your caregiver gets sick. For more information, go to cdc.gov and be well, everyone.